Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, beautiful humans. And welcome to episode 28 of Grovation. This is the second time I've recorded this introduction now. I recorded a really good one that I was really proud of and then my fucking program crashed. So I'm in a grump now. I'll get through this quickly because I'm sick of the sound of my own voice. <laughs> my guest this week is an awesome woman who travels the world alone. It's just something I wish I could do more. And I think everyone should travel the world alone, or at least once, just to, you learn a lot about yourself, you know, but not before listening to the awesome advice of my guest this week, Miss Faith Roswell. She is a queen, the living Lara Croft, and she has a really lovely, soothing voice. Ah. She will, I think, hopefully be joining me this Friday at our protest outside of Instagram's headquarters in London, protesting against their discriminatory policies which disproportionately affect sex workers on Instagram. Mm. If you're a sex worker or an ally, you're all welcome to join. More details via the Facebook event, which I'll link in the description of this episode. If you can't make it to the protest, then you can also join our email campaign, sex workers. I have a list of 12 emails that I've just guessed from finding people's names on Instagram who work um, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I basically typed into LinkedIn people that work at Instagram in the strategic partnerships department. And I got these names and I guessed their emails and none of them are bounced. So we're going to go with that. Drop me a message on my Twitter page, my Twitter and my Instagram for now is Cats and Crows, K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. And yeah, hit me up, agree to a few things, join our email campaign, join our protest. If you can't make it down to the protest, guys, please try your very, very hardest to. We have to put our necks out for all the people that really genuinely 100% cannot make it or cannot fight um, for one reason or another. There are so many reasons here. I'm not even going to speculate. But it's basically like a vaccine. We have to stand up for those that cannot fight for themselves. So if there is any possible way you can move your life around, take a day off work, spend a bit of money on a train ticket, make it down, then please try. Don't go all anti-vax on me. We are all stronger together. Now, without further ado, please enjoy episode 28 of Crovisation. When I was growing up, all my role models were male. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived. More than survived, they thrive. But still, women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media. 
You might treat it equally online and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is Clovisation. Hi, beautiful humans. My guest today is literally the badassest woman I think I've ever met. I met her randomly in an airport. Um, <laughs> I was on the plane and we'd just come back from a festival that was possibly the rainiest festival I've ever been to. <laughs> and we met in an airport and we hit it off straight away because she's an adventurer like I am. So please welcome the beautiful Faith Roswell. Hiya. Yay! How are you, Faith? I'm good. Didn't you guys find me asleep? I'd spent the night in the airport. I woke up and I just suddenly find five little faces looking down (laughs) at me. It's it's the whole crew of Pyrohex. I'd sort of waved to it back in and was like, (gasps) Yeah. Oh, hello again. (laughs) I think that's what it was. It was at like Stanford Airport or a shit airport or something. We were like, It's Faith dead on the floor. (laughs) That was a good festival though, huh? Hell yeah. What was it you were doing there? You were doing the cage fighting with the Wasteland Warriors. Oh my god, I was trying to remember who they were earlier, Wasteland. Warriors. For people that don't know, what is Wasteland Warriors? We're basically a post-apocalyptic powerhouse of creatives, designers, people that make armoured cars, um, fire performers, dancers, and uh, as well, cage fighters. And we go to festivals and events and do our thing. It's so cool! Honestly, you might have seen some photos on my Instagram, like listeners of me on one of the cars, but they fucking go all in. It's fucking beautiful. It's literally an art form. I love it. You're such a creative. You literally are. But you call yourself Faith, the living Lara Croft. Because I guess because you're an adventurer, right? Is that right? Yeah, someone interviewed me for a magazine and uh, shamefully, I can't remember who the heck that was. It was about four <laughs> years ago. If it was you, please tell me. Um, and uh, they wanted to know about my life traveling solo as uh, at the time I was a model and the fact that I do a lot of exploring abandoned buildings and almost literal tomb raiding. Yes! And someone referred to me then as the living Lara Croft and I went, you know what? I can get behind this. I'm cool with this. <laughs> That's so fun. So traveling alone, dude, how fun is that? It's an experience. I I love it. It has its good sides. It's got its bad sides. But I think it's something that, especially for women, everybody should have the chance to do. Mm. I think it's, it must be really empowering, right? Definitely. Good. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot that I've learned through traveling solo that um, has helped me in different parts of my life, like yeah. um, finding myself in sticky situations. <laughs> okay, it's okay. I can I can work this out. I can find this out. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that later on. Okay. But let's touch back on. You said you were modelling at the time. How did you get into the modelling industry? I was spotted by a talent scout at a festival on my 19th birthday. Amazing. <laughs> what a good way. Just like, hi. And actually, he's still a friend of mine now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought uh, that I actually was probably really rude to him. I was bullied at school <laughs> and so therefore thought that I was being laughed at. Aww. I was probably really, really rude to him. And no, I did my first photo shoot the next day. And over that sort of next year, it just became my full-time job. And I'm still going, well, how did this happen? What? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been modelling now then? Over a decade. I'm now 31. Yeah? So, yeah. Girl, you do not look it. <laughs> no. Hell no. What's the secret? Um, adventures. Probably adventures. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, oh. I would say I, I managed to sleep a lot, but I so don't. No. Oh, my God. Like I think I just went away on a nice little weekend trip with my family, and I think I slept 
for the first time in maybe two months for like seven hours a night. Oh, and I just yeah. don't sleep. I don't sleep at all. No, it doesn't happen. You mentioned just then that you were bullied. Yeah. In school, is that something that you found that shaped your life a lot? Very much so. Yeah. Um, I find I think that especially as children, you difference is seen as a bad thing. So Always, even yeah. if you're as an adult, something that you would be seen as being cool for. For example, I don't know, I live on a boat, and so as an adult, a lot of people love that. But as a child, I know a lot of friends of mine who have kids who live on boats, the kids get bullied because it's something that's weird and different Really? That's yeah. so sad. And so from at the time, I was the only kid with divorced parents in my village, and that started it off, and then for the next, I'm going to go with decade, um... I was just a social kind of outcast. It was never stealing my lunch money. It was never um, being poked and prodded and called names. But it was um, isolated from absolutely everything. Um, not uh, making up chants about me, um, accusing me of things I hadn't done. You name it, basically. And it got to a point where I lost my best friend because of it. Um, she was going through some stuff in her life. And she killed herself. That's awful. Children can be so cruel. And so I was 13 at the time. And from that moment, in a way, I guess I started living for her. Oh, Queen, that's so beautiful. It must have, that, honestly, like when I asked you the question, did that shape your life? <laughs> that, that must have literally shaped your whole fucking life. Yeah. You must think yeah. about her all the time. Yeah, I do. I, um, there's yeah, there's a lot that I would have uh, uh, a lot that I would have done with her and seen with her. Um, it's funny. There's a film that just came out called Dumpling on Netflix. It's yeah. about a girl that's an outcast and she adores Dolly Parton. And weirdly enough, my friend did the most killer Dolly Parton impression really? ever. And I could feel like if she was still with me right now, we would be watching this. We would be watching <laughs> this. She would be doing her impression. This this skinny little girl with the, with balloons shoved up her top doing a Dolly Parton impression. <laughs> it's probably my most endearing memory of her. So. Oh, uh, that's so nice. What was that a show lives. called? Dumpling. Dumpling. Dumpling on Netflix. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to watch that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, girl, I love that. There's a show on Netflix that I've just finished watching called um, Atypical. Oh, I've not heard of it's that one. It's about a boy and he's on, the, he's on the autism spectrum. And it's so, so fascinating. And his, his parents go through a divorce. And it's, um, I think a lot of people think it kind of sensationalizes autism a little bit. But mm. when you get to the second season, it's so important because it really like, raises awareness of these sort of things. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, girl. Like, on an interesting really, series. Like I know. So that in your early life, it was a fucking tragedy and a horrible thing to happen. Is there anything else in your life that you think really shaped you towards being the way you were? How did you like develop into being, I want to be this badass world traveler? I think it happened without me realizing it. Yeah. Uh, I think when people see, uh, when, whenever you see someone or meet someone, you see them as their kind of incarnation, how, how they are at that time. You don't see the behind the scenes that's taken, that it's taken for them to be that person. Yeah. So from losing my friend, uh, to then going away and living on my own and weirdly enough I ended up being slightly bullied there as well. Oh no! Um, I then, it f finally, finally, I said, fuck it. And all the characters in films like the, the Rebel and the Breakfast Club and the kind of outcast who sits in his leather boots and sits at the side and reads a book while everyone else is living their, yes. their little lives. Um, that was, it never occurred to me to be that person and suddenly 
something flipped and I went, I think I'm going to be there. I think I'm going to go over there and read a book. And it gave me time to think, time to choose to be a different a different kind of person something that I I always wanted to be yeah. and one thing I always wanted to be uh, while while this craziness of starting up modeling which was around this time happened I went I got an offer of work in Madrid and of course Sick. yeah and of course wow the, your first like a foreign work yeah. is always just like wow so I flew out to Madrid in the morning having stayed the night in the airport yeah I spent about five hours in Madrid I took myself to an aquarium and I drank hot chocolate in a little Madrid cafe I love that uh, and I took my suitcase <laughs> I did my photo shoot I spent the night in the airport again yeah. all on my own and I flew home oh <laughs> that my was God. like that was Madrid was that the first time that you ever travelled on your own yes dude I remember the first time I travelled on my own I went to Holland I went to the Netherlands to see my friends that I'd met through World of Warcraft. Oh, awesome! I know, I was such a massive nerd. <laughs> is the film good? I haven't seen it yet. I've seen the film. It's, it's very much based on the law. You have to understand the law okay. to understand it. Um, but you know what? It does pull on your heartstrings. It really does. And they could make so many more movies. But yeah, I really liked, I really liked it because yeah. World of Warcraft was a huge part of my life, I guess, like uh-huh. you being the outcast. Um, I was bullied in school. I wasn't bullied, perhaps... Um, to the extent that I was excluded, but like I was definitely the freak. I was actually talking about this with someone uh, the other day, I think, I can't remember. And I remember once my best friend and I in school, we weren't invited to some girls' party once because we were too weird. Mm. They were like, oh, they're going to be too hyper. They're going to run around and start doing weird things. And I'm like, I know this. I um being being pagan didn't didn't exactly help. And yeah. I remember um I must have been talking in my sleep, I had a school sleepover thing one night, it was one of those um Duke of Edinburgh type yeah. things. And I woke up to a rumour going around the whole camp that I chanted at night. No. And if it was anybody else, hell? anybody else, it would be, oh, so-and-so was talking in his sleep. Yeah. What, what the hell were the what was that circus doing? What were those monkeys doing in his sleep? Yeah. But because it was me, instantly it oh became something sinister. How how bizarre how children do that, doesn't it? I think oh, I've yeah. talked about this with a lot of people. I always ask people at the end of the episode, but we'll get there when we get mm. to the end, like advice. And it always comes back around, whatever subject we're discussing, it always gets back around to educating children. And it's Definitely. Like, children are fucking cruel, man. Like, really, really cruel. Yeah. So your work as a model, travelling all around, you started up a blog, didn't you? I did. Yes. How did that go? Because, like, blogging was... I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to discredit it and say it's not such a big thing now, but blogging was like, when the internet kind of took off, it was huge. It was huge. How was that for you? It was surreal. Um, I started just writing about all the places that I went to. Uh, I always wanted to be a writer. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what I was going to do. Because you read a lot as a child, do. I think, yeah. Yeah, and I ah. went to uni to be a writer. Um, so I started talking about all these crazy places I went and the costumes I was wearing and the things I was doing and the people I was meeting, all these creative people. Um, and then one day I had had a not amazing experience mm. and I chalked it down to just, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And then in Spain again, weirdly enough, in Barcelona, I ran into a couple of other models and we mentioned just crazy things that had happened, bad experiences. And it turned out we were talking about the same photographer <gasps> and these people had suffered far worse, including dropping his pants and oh. sexual assault. So Gross. the only thing I thought that I could do, because again, at that time, my knowledge of reporting things to the police was not amazing. Yeah. I blogged about it. Well done, mate. And I outed him on my blog. And people started coming forward more and more and more and more. 
And finally, I said to everyone, just go to the police. I tried to rally together to get a group of people to report this man to the police. And it went to court. And, uh, well done. <laughs> geez, it was a bit surreal and very, very horrible at the time. Of course. Um, he went to court. He was, in fact, after, um, without sort of going into a very long, involved, very kind mm. of detailed court case, the, <laughs> the, basic, uh, the basic outcome was he was jailed. He was given a sentence of seven years and ruled a danger to the public <gasps> for what he did. Uh, and it turns out he had learned photography in prison while serving a sentence for raping an 84-year-old woman. No! Oh, my God! So how bizarre! Um, wow, the horrifying. system is the system is broken. Surely you must feel. I do. Yeah. I really, I really, I think we need to completely revolutionise the way we talk about sexual assault because also I, I didn't like the fact that I got more publicity as the whistleblower. I felt mm. that the actual victims themselves, who had suffered far worse at his hands mm-hmm. than I ever did, uh, needed to have their. They needed to be front and centre. It needed to be their voices that were put at the front line but the I, I think we really need to look at the way sexual assault is treated because clearly the way it's treated right now isn't working no we need to like for example i believe a victim of domestic assault has got to go to the police seven times and then either not press charges or or freak out or generally i believe uh, i'll need to fact check yeah that a sexual ass- uh, a domestic assault victim goes to the police or seven reports times. them seven times before they are convicted That's or insane. of course they're killed yeah i mean it's really likely that people are killed like usually it's the third or fourth time isn't it yeah. like you hear stories all the fucking time that's fucking insane i don't yeah. Wow. So we I mean, need to find a way of in maybe the police being able to press charges. If yeah. someone's constantly being reported for domestic assault and the person, the victim, is too scared, can the police check press charges yeah. on behalf of the victim? We Maybe do something like that. Or when it comes to court, start looking in the person's past and say, has this person repeatedly mm. been accused of this? It's quite is, obvious, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, is it's a there pattern. A, an ongoing record of bruises, battering and arrests? If there is, can we bypass a lot of the, the shit that people the have red to go tape. through? Yeah. yeah. And get them put away. We need to get them yeah. put away. We need to get people, yeah. the people man to be safe. And I, I hate it when people say, they're always like, oh... All these false accusations, they can ruin people's lives. <gasps> but there's far more people's lives that are ruined every single day by people who go and get away with it. And then perhaps that person won't be alive even yeah. at the end of it. If there was an arsonist running around anonymously setting fire to people's houses and we all said, oh my God, there's an arsonist setting fire to people's houses. Yeah. We have got to have a meeting to discuss how to deal with this. People would come rallying to the meeting. They you would. wouldn't get people going, it wasn't me. I'm sick of being accused of being an arsonist. Oh my God. Normal men against arson or something. You wouldn't get that. You just you have wouldn't. People joining, Fire performers joining, against arson. Yeah, you have join, people joining forces to stop it. By saying rape is a huge problem is not accusing every random person of rape. It's really not. I think I always say this and I actually said it to someone today. I'm like, if you if you feel uh, personally attached by a statement that I put out there, a general statement, you're probably guilty. You know, you've probably got some sort of guilt on your mind or something. I think I... I whatever. Yeah, I it must have been the post I did on Facebook about there was a court case recently where the girl was made to hold up her underwear oh in court. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Oh my God. What, what do you think about that? At first struggle to comprehend it in the first place yeah uh i also i think that we need to move away from the idea that something uh, a mode of dress is encouraging uh 
a rapist. Rape happens in countries where the norm for women is covered from collarbone to ankle. Absolutely. Rape happens to religious uh, people, nuns, and, and mm. rape happens to the elderly. Rape happens to children. It's not the outfit. And there was a study, I believe it was in the 90s, but I will need to double check. 75% of rapists interviewed in a study in prison could not remember what their victim was wearing. Really? Really. I've never heard that. And out of the remaining 25%, many of them, it was either a fetish, so they were basically attacking because the woman was wearing, I don't know, uh, sunglasses with horn rims or something. How bizarre. Or they were looking at the shoes to see if the person could run. (gasps) Oh my gosh, that's so terrifying. I've never even thought about it like that. But that is uh, so, so many could not even remember what their victim was. We need to get away from this idea that we are causing our own rape by putting on clothes. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's kind of ironic that you say it like that. <laughs> putting on clothes causes rape. Like, is that not like, the most backwards, bizarre thing you could yeah. say? It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's, what is it? Rape is caused by rapists. Yeah. That's literally it. <laughs> and it's a constant fear for us all, all the fucking time. Like, I've just moved out of London almost a year ago now, and I, I do feel a bit safer, but like... Mm. It's, it's definitely on the increase. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel worried about that when you travel or anything like that? Absolutely, yeah. There are... Um, my, my fear in general is not about... It's not so much the fear of being catcalled or the fear of being assaulted. Mm. My fear is that when I fight back or when I yell back or when I throw a punch... I will be the one that gets arrested. Yeah, really? That's my fear. I mean, most of the time, most of my work takes me to places like Europe, so uh, a lot of, and Scandinavia, where the laws are generally, if not in line with English laws, they're, they're, they're often better. Yeah. But I'm afraid of going sometimes to other places because I don't know that I won't be the one that ends up in trouble. That's so true, yeah. My friend, actually, I don't want to point any fingers or cause any upset or anything I'm not trying to stereotype people but my friend asked me recently there's a lot of nightclubs in Dubai and Dubai is a budding city absolutely amazing for nightlife etc and she asked me for some advice and I was like hey girl go and do it you're gonna earn some amazing money and stuff like that but please be careful because I've had friends out there before that have been arrested mm. for being sexually assaulted mm. it's so backwards yeah. I mean I know uh, I know that's a lot worse off than we are in this country but it's still yeah. Seems it seems so archaic, but then people look at our laws and they're no much better. Like, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And the situation in America terrifies me. I spend a fair amount of time in America when uh, each year because I go to a festival called Wasteland Weekend. It's basically yes. a huge Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, oh, I Mad love Max that so much. In the desert, and and I have so many friends in California, and I genuinely love parts of America. Um, I I fell in love with the desert when I never expected to, but. When you read about cases like Brock Turner Mm. and you think, how the hell has this happened? And you hear about the situation in Ohio and... What was that? uh, uh, It's to do with abortion, that they're trying to petition to make abortion completely Yeah, outrageous. And And I, I always thought Ohio was quite a progressive state. And, oh God, that's I, so scary yeah I actually haven't been to America at all this year I usually go twice a year but ever since a certain person was elected into office uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. no I don't yeah. even need to name him anyway I've named him so many times on this yeah. podcast it's outrageous um, I just don't I love your act oh thank you so much my trombonist guy I got to do it again the other day at a, at a charity event and it went down I, I mean I mucked up the whole act but the fact that I was just Donald Trump shoving french fries in a disgusting <laughs> mask 
Amazing. I honestly, he's he's literally an object of ridicule. I don't know any other president that's ever been such an object of no. absolute the butt of the joke. Like, come back, George Bush. All is forgiven. I know. I'm like, good God, please. I thought you were bad, but no. So speaking of traveling alone, you and I, we, we must do it quite a lot. And I've given people advice on it before, but do you have any like advice for a woman that, not just for safety, but to kind of begin their journey of traveling alone, travel, you know? I guess it's almost like like a little jigsaw. When the pieces come together, uh, you need these pieces to kind of have have a really good experience. I mean, number one, knowing yourself, know what you can cope with, knowing what you. Um, for example, if you're on a really restricted diet, then knowing that you can eat certain amount, certain foods from X supermarket in X country, it's going to make you feel a little bit more secure. And maybe in normal situations, you wouldn't know where to get food from, and that could be a source of anxiety. Yeah, I never thought um, about that. That's such a good point. So, so yes, yeah, so and no, knowing what um, you personally. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We'll, we'll need, as a bare minimum, to, to feel comfortable and to be able to live traveling. as uh, one thing. Number two is... Um, even if you're not maybe very confident as a person, fake it, learn it, practice it. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to never call back at catcallers. Now, I go completely angry. <laughs> I will humiliate them in the street. Yes. I walk around looking like I'm going to punch them. <laughs> uh, but having that aura of, you don't want to mess with me. Yeah. And that's often to do with raising your shoulders, um, looking like you know where you're going, not sort of um, like darting your eyes mm. around. Look, even if you don't know where you're going, make for the nearest shop window and yeah. go in there and find out. Look on your sat-nav. Yeah. Um, so, so looking like you know where you're going, knowing what you can and couldn't cope with. Yeah. And having, uh, if you're, you've got a friend or a parent, someone that... If you, that knows you, that if you're feeling scared or insecure, you can give them a call. And the other thing that has saved my neck once before, yeah. 
use travel communities on things like Facebook. Oh, really? I was once in Belgium, uh, a guy that I'd been talking to online, we'd met briefly, he'd worked in a hotel that I was, uh, that I was doing a modelling shoot in, uh, and we, we hit it off. So the next, we yes, kept in girl. contact, and the next time I came to Belgium, I said, hey, we'll, we'll meet up. So I thought I was going to go on a date, and he, and he said he'd, he'd help me, and, and his friend would put me up, his friend Jess, and I said, okay, you know, that would be great. So I turned up at, without him because he had to work at his friend Jess's house with a bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates oh, for Jess because, so you know, sweet. she doesn't know me. <laughs> and the door opens. Yeah. Jess is a man. <gasps> oh. Jess expects me to sleep in the same bed as no. him. <gasps> now, I didn't know where I was and I thought, what is the, what can I possibly do to get out of this situation with the minimal amount of damage? Mm. Now, a lot of people, with this, bearing in mind this is years ago, a lot of people would probably have said, get out and leave. But I didn't know where I was. Yeah, I was being sure. more dangerous sometimes because they'll follow you, etc. Yeah. yeah, you have to yeah. weigh up the risks. I genuinely, I wasn't sure. Maybe Jess was completely was asexual or gay. Maybe, mm. maybe also they weren't English. Maybe they weren't even Belgian. They were, you know, maybe this was a cultural thing, mm. and I was going to be terribly rude by by saying, "I'm sorry, this is not okay. I'm going to go." Yeah. So I got on the Wi-Fi and I got in touch with a couple of travelling communities on Facebook and I said, uh, I, looked, I looked at my coordinates and I said, here are my coordinates, I'm going to stay until five o'clock in the morning where I, when I'm going to say that I have a dawn photo shoot. I got there at 11 at night, so I thought I've got six hours. Yeah. If I don't, you do not hear from me by this time... I want you to call the police. Wow. Don't stop, don't pass go, don't collect money, yeah. call the police and get me out of there. So sensible. And so I sat there and I said I had insomnia so I'd get up a little bit and wander around yeah. and I got the hell out. Now, okay, yeah, maybe another situation I would have walked out immediately. But at the time, sometimes you get thrown, sometimes you get knocked for six and you work with what you've got. Mm. And what I had was a situation that I could that I could make better by knowing someone was looking out for me. And in this case, it was a community of about 10,000 travelling oh people. Oh my God, I love that. With different time zones. So somebody was going to be awake at, at five in the morning, yeah. my time in America, <gasps> to look out for me. So I very, very recommend, um, very much so, get onto travelling communities, even if, uh, the first thing you do is go, oh my God, help me, I've been bitten <laughs> by a spider, what do I do? Really? <laughs> anything, there's always going to be someone to help you. That's so wonderful. Like everybody, obviously social media is, is damaging yeah. to people, but that's yeah. such a fucking beautiful thing. It's like having a, a, a virtual um, ammo arsenal that's, yeah. that's, that's not literal physical weapons, but it's, <laughs> it's strategies and things that you can uh. use, things that you can um, that you can help take care of you. So yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's what I do. That's ammo. Ammo. I like the way you call it ammo. <laughs> you know what? You selling that story is reminding me of something you tweeted oh, yeah. about a little while ago. Your Ryanair flights. Oh God! Landed in the wrong <laughs> airport. <laughs> Oh my god, tell that story right now. Now that I'm back, I can <laughs> laugh about it, but at the time... Oh my and god. Again, because uh, because being used to travel, I think it does prepare you for a lot of situations that uh, mm-hmm. are not so fun. <laughs> so, I went to do a cage fighting match in Leipzig in Germany. So I got on my Ryanair flight, and I'm delayed two hours, and for oh, God's sake, right yeah. And uh, we fly, finally, and I get off the plane, and a voice goes... 
Welcome to Berlin Schönefeld. <laughs> and I go, come again? <laughs> so sorry. What? <laughs> Berlin is my favourite city in the world. Under normal circumstances, I'd be overjoyed to be in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Not at two o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. So I thought, right, well, I'm, I'm stuck. My German's not amazing, but I do actually know Berlin. So I thought, okay, what can I do? Well, the best thing I can possibly do is get on a coach and go to Leipzig. So I know coach companies because, again, traveling saves my neck. If, if you're stranded in a location, best thing you can think of is, number one, can you get out by train? Can you get out by plane? Can you get out by coach? And Good to know. Yeah. So, so then, so even just googling coach from Leipzig to Berlin or other yeah. rounds. So I slept on a bench in the airport. Oh, mate! You, ate, this is uh, more frequent thing for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I ate. Um, my soul is part hobo. <laughs> I, I ate a wonderful German meal twice in the morning. Mm. I guess on my coach, I went to Leipzig and I collapsed onto the airbed that my friend was sleeping on with such force it catapulted her across the no. room. <laughs> We did our match that evening. Oh my god, how stressful. <laughs> how does that happen? Like, honestly, how does the plane I, land in the. Did you ever find out why or how? Yeah, there's a, a, a time, um, there's like a noise barrier, a limit um, yeah. where at certain cities you can't fly into after certain times. So by the time it had got delayed, they oh, couldn't fly into Leipzig. So I they have to fly into another now. airport. <gasps> but weren't they telling you you had to pay by, by your own taxi? They said, oh yeah, we, we'll pay you back if you buy a taxi. And someone said, no, are you, you going won't. to do that? With their phone raised on video. And this woman goes, we hope so. And I'm going, oh, oh no. my <laughs> God, I'm not falling for that. So I got the coach. Oh, girl. But you survived. Yes. With all your great tips and all your ammo. <laughs> you do really have an arsenal, don't you? I do. You're a very resourceful girl. I like that. Thank You're like a warrior. I'm, I'm actually staring at you right now. She's <laughs> So Faith is sat across from me and she's got a necklace on and she's clearly like made it or it's been made by somebody. It was made that by... says warrior. You really are a warrior, aren't Thank you? Thank you. It was given to me at another post-apoc festival called Junk Town in the Czech Republic, which is amazing yeah it's, uh, just complete chaos for about five days <laughs> and so, uh, i mentioned that i was in the wasteland warriors tribe uh, and this woman was uh, was a fan and just said here you go and and now i have it's one of my most prized possessions i love that i, I love the idea of a female warrior because like generally obviously warriors are supposed to be men yeah. but us females we can be warriors too can't we Hell you yes. were telling me about that earlier yeah, I think uh, it's, it's something a friend, you know, fan of mine was saying. I, I asked people on my Instagram about um, what they liked about themselves. And I, I often ask uh, people questions because I love to get to know the people that support my work. Mm. And she said she struggled with the fact that she was not sexy. And I said, but you don't have to be. And I think people think of warriors, especially female warriors, the same way. That you have to dress like Lara Croft. You it's have to fetishize, like, isn't it? Yeah. In the gaming world as well, I think it's quite a big topic yeah. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to look like Sarah Connor. You have to act like um, Ellen Ripley or, um, uh, I don't know, Lilu from... from yeah, uh, of course. Literally the least clothes ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I want to, people to know that you don't have to. Being a, being a warrior is a mindset. It's not about the way you look. You could be the most pink, fluffy, fairy Barbie <laughs> on the planet and still be a warrior. And and uh, people that have that mindset already are not going to think any less of you. They're just going to see you as another kind of person. 
I love that. Oh, I love being a warrior because I always, I think I did a post on Instagram the other day about like what makes me feel powerful. Yes. And, like being on stage and it, being on stage is part of it, but also half of it is putting on all your gear, yeah. and strapping yourself <laughs> in and being yeah. like, because I've got like this epaulets, etc. Which stuff. I love. I love all your stage yes. wear. Yes. Thank you. I love all your stuff as well. I yeah, think we're going to have to contact here. We're, we're going to have totally to make some shit. We're going to have to make a thing happen. So yeah. this post-apocalyptic stuff, it's not like... I mean, I think a lot of people that are into it know a lot about it, but a lot of people won't know. So how did you really get into like doing the Wissam Warrior stuff and like how is it for you? Is that really what feeds you as a warrior? I think in a way, yeah. Uh, I was doing photo shoot as a model and I posted a picture of myself getting ready to leave in my everyday clothes. And I, I do literally wear um, armour. I tend to wear large leather type harnesses, you huge do. boots. You look um, badass right now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, and I posted a picture online and a representative got in contact with me and said, hey, do you want to come and try out as a member? And I went, <gasps> uh, let me think about this. Yes. Obviously, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got to meet people and realised that I wasn't the only person that dresses like a video game character in existence. Like I said before, I was very shy. Um, I was very afraid to socialise with different people. So I tended to just live in my own little world, mm. assume that I was the only one inhabiting that little world, and it never occurred to me to reach out until someone reached out to me. That's um, so awesome, and now here you are. How are the cage fighting and stuff like that? How is that? Oh, it's I've never. I miss them all. I miss them all at Wacken, because I was always getting ready for my shows at the time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I could see your shows, because I was standing on the cars, and there's, there I am. You're just like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. I would love to try something. How would somebody get into something like that? Um, with with my own people, the way somewhere is, um, it's uh, having a theatre quality costume or film quality uh, costume or mm. outfit, having some kind of creative skill or passion or talent, you know, for you, obviously, you're an amazing fire performer, <laughs> that kind Thank of thing, you. Um, and uh, showing willing and then seeing how you fit in with the rest of the tribe. For other cage fighters, I would guess mailing people uh that have a group and saying, can I come along and practice? Can I come along and try this thing out? Yeah. Even if you decide you absolutely hate something after a first go, having the balls to go in there and say, I want to try this. I want, I want to do this. Yes, girl. Experiences, I think, are something that's really, really important. Whatever you do, you've got to have a have an experience. It in really life. is. You know what? I've actually just recently started doing jujitsu. <laughs> I know. Oh I did um, I did martial arts as a kid, and and then I don't know. I've been toying with the idea of MMA for a while. Like I enjoy watching wrestling and stuff like that. And I've always thought it it makes you because I'm I'm quite a small girl. I'm quite a slight person. Like I weigh forty five kilos. Like most people could pick me up with one hand. I'm small, but I was like, hey, I'm gonna go try it. And if I hate it, I don't have to do it. And if I get hurt, I don't have to do it. But trying it was the scariest part, and going down was the scariest part. And I fucking love it. Yay! Isn't it great? Yeah. I love it so much. And you know what? I actually did a class the other day, and there was more women in the class than men. Oh, that's awesome. So unusual. Yeah. Do you find do you find that in the kind of like your kind of community? Is there a lot more women than men, or is it no, quite balanced? I, fi- I find that it's male dominated, but at the same time, there's a huge attitude of respect. Really? That's yeah. Good. Um, I get very few creepy messages from guys. I find a lot of the time, um, I'm seen as as one of one of the team, that's and so it great. doesn't matter what's between my legs. And I really really like that. I think it's very important. And yeah. Yeah, I love that. Do you ever find? I mean, obviously, as we're younger, as women, we're always kind of taught to be pitched against each other. Oh, Do you yeah. find that finding your kind of tribe like that has really reduced that kind of thing? Because I think in the mainstream world, it is still very much women are pitted against each other. Do you think finding your tribe has really helped women Definitely. stop doing that? I think it's something 
unlearning something that you've always been taught throughout your life is going to be an ongoing effort. It, it's always going to be because that's what you grew up to know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as with many, many women are going to recognise this, that you're, you're grow up, you grow up and you're told... Oh, that skinny cow because someone's lost a load of weight and you want to or oh, I bet she slept away to the top because mm, someone's, oh, got, yeah, someone's got a, uh, a promotion or something or um, even just oh I hate you your makeup always looks so amazing you think hang on a minute it's the language we use isn't yeah. it is we've been taught that way yeah. what can we do to stop that I say bringing up supporting other women and it's really really hard I'm still finding out ways I'm still working on yeah. how best to kind of rally women together as, as, as a team yeah. and I think partly um, stopping seeing other women as competition because once that falls away you can make some amazing friends I, I would have hated uh, myself when I was younger <laughs> and, and Rebecca as well and probably half the women on the podcast because I would feel threatened and jealous of the confidence and the talent and the skill and the guts and it's only through saying to, finding, finding a way of stepping apart from that like, like I said earlier about stepping away from the scene in general sitting mm. in the corner reading a book for a while and then coming back and going God, now I can see it now I can see this strain of not very nice thought going through and I'm just not going to be a part of that and now when I see it's a conscious decision isn't it yeah and now when I see other women doing it I I can pick up on it I can see it happening I go god she seems so unhappy and I used to be that unhappy it's it's once you decide no I'm going to support other women it is a conscious decision, isn't it? Yeah, you would definitely identify as a feminist then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So listening to other women's experience, especially if maybe they don't tally with your own, like, for example, um, it's very hard to imagine the experience of someone who's trans or someone who's black, especially if you're white and you're not trans. Yes. So listening and being open to the idea that maybe someone else's story is important. Not banging each other's boyfriends. We don't need to be pitted no, against each other in that say, way. Pity, so pity. <laughs> Just say, yeah, don't do that. I said that earlier. I, I made a post. Well, not earlier. I, yeah. did the other, I made a yeah. post and I was like, just because you haven't experienced something does not make someone else's experience invalid. I said, I put up a post and I said my experience with being, being called bossy. And I was uh. like, I find that most women are just called bossy. And a lot of men are like, I've never called a woman bossy, so... Uh, clearly you're making it up. I was yeah. like, well, of, of course not. That's yeah. kind of the point of the post. I said, you've probably never been called bossy. Mm. And if you have been called bossy, I'm not saying your experience is invalid. Just open your mind yeah. to these other people's experiences, etc. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially if you've learned a whole life to mm. be one way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember year, many years ago when I'd heard for the first time about people who are Asian being called out for in airports, for example, or people who are black being followed around by store detectives. And I used to go, oh, are you sure? Are you sure maybe you're just seeing this a bit more? Mm. And then it was when I'd mentioned something as a woman that I experience or being catcalled or people feeling that they can just touch me for no reason. Yes. And someone saying to me, oh, are you sure? And I went, hang on, oh my God. And suddenly something clicked. It takes that, doesn't it? Sometimes it does take that. And I, I understand that we're all human yeah. and you know what, we're not perfect and we're not ever going to get everything right the first time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel it sucks that I had to sort of equate it to myself before I realised or saw it in in that it happened to other people, that I, I don't like that I had to kind of equate it to something mm. I'd experience just to be able to, to validate it. That's, that's not right either. 
but I definitely think it's it's uh, however you realise yeah. that this is how it is. Spin, yeah. yeah, however you realise that this is happening to other people. Once you realise, then explain to everyone else. Don't yeah. Like, listen, listen, and, and and educate, and and listen some more. Definitely. That's listen. what I, I always say. That yeah. I can't remember whose podcast episode I said that on, but that is kind of why I do this podcast. In my intro, it says I want. I want people to hear these women, you know, and that's why I'm doing this. And I really, I really want to branch out and I really want to get more women on and stuff like that. And I'm so grateful that you came here today <laughs> so to record this episode with me. Faith, have you got any last notes or anything like that? Anything you want to touch on? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, put you on the spot, spot right, right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's say... Uh, it's, it's funny. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal someone else's words. I'm so sorry, but do it. To interview to my to my friend who did great Dolly Parton impersonations and <laughs> to what I watched last night. Yes. Um, knowing yourself, being finding out who you are, and then doing it deliberately is words from Dolly Parton, yes. not me. I'm afraid. Yes. And on top of that, is once not all weapons are physical, and not all warriors are what you can see in films yes that once you have the i don't know so what you call it subconscious uh subconscious psychological ammunition then you're just as much a warrior as as any video game character out there and i wish you all strength oh i love that so much i don't know if it's the inner nerd of me about the video (laughs) games but that that like gives me chills i love that so much girl so, Faith, what is next for you? What's coming up? What can we plug for you? Oh, my God. Okay, so right now uh, I'm spending most of my time doing things on my Instagram, which is Faith Roswell Official, uh, my YouTube, which if you Google Faith Roswell on YouTube, and you can't Google on YouTube. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you search. You search on YouTube. That's what you do. You search on YouTube for Faith Roswell Official. Then I am doing a series of little videos about life, the universe and everything, especially resources for travel, resources for self-confidence, empowerment, anything like that. I'm all about the empowerment. And then in probably next year, my plan is to do uh, a Patreon or an OnlyFans, things where I can do posters and more advice for life, doing some selling of books, just yeah. just taking over the world. You know, the same thing I do every oh, day. Oh, the same thing we do every day, Pinky, trying to take over the world. <laughs> I love that so much. So what, your Instagram, how do we spell that? Faith, uh, F-A-I-T-H, Roswell, like the UFO incident, R-O-S-W-E-L-L, official, O-F-F-I-C-A. I A L oh my god. I know I can't spell it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't spell the one I put on the spot, okay? We'll just, we'll just write it down. And your blog, is your blog still going? Is that still a theme? I still have my blog online, which was lifeoutthere.co.uk, as in is there life out there, as in yeah. aliens, Roswell. Um, but I decided if I concentrate everything onto my Instagram and YouTube, then that's a place that I can. I can talk to you guys a little bit more easily. I find with the blog, if you're commenting, it takes me ages to get back to you. Mm. But if I talk about something on Instagram, I can. I, I always respond. I always respond to you. I love responding to people on Instagram. Yeah. I'm not so good at the messages. I get hundreds of dick pics a day, oh, as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> but always, when people comment, I really like talking to people. I have this yeah. thing that I've been thinking lately is like genuine human interaction. Definitely. And I adore it. I adore it, and I, I'm. I, I think I didn't used to be very good at it. Like, I always, yeah. I was either, I called myself either the social bulldozer. I, just, I like, love dominated that. the conversation. <laughs> or I would just sit there and be like, mm, I've got to go to the toilet. And I just, like, make my exit. But, like, genuine yeah. interaction. And I think the idea 
that having a conversation with someone is even it might even be a bit awkward but like it's taken me ages to get used to actually communicating with people to actually um uh feeling like i'm i'm wanted or i'm i'm wanted part of the conversation especially from all the years at school it's taken me a long time to kind of go yeah, I, I can come into this conversation. It's okay. Yes. Even though I'm totally going to be analysing everything I said for the next two hours. Do oh I my sound God, weird? <laughs> Anxiety is real, man. It sucks. <laughs> oh, well, girl, thank you so much. It's been so fucking wonderful to speak to you. You are I've most had such welcome. a lovely time. I hope you come to the next disgrace. Oh, hell yeah. When, when is it? We're going we're gonna to announce it soon. We're changing okay. our plan. We're, we're, we're falling back and replanning and re birthing ourselves it's going to be excellent but okay, come then, yes. down and party hard you, you always party to the end you're such a, such no, a it's party to the you end. come down to disgrace on your own as well which I absolutely respect like <laughs> you have so much self confidence you exude it you really do well that's the good thing is that I, because, because I know you and I know a lot of the other dancers and other performers I know that I've got when, when I get there I've got a load of people yeah it's nice to find it's find your tribe I guess again isn't oh, it yeah. absolutely and anyone is welcome in my tribe if you want to come if you see me at disgrace and you want to come talk to me come say hi absolutely yeah. do faith is the nicest nicest person in the whole world faith Thank you so much. You're an absolute babe. You're welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, I'll see you soon. See you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.